Christopher McKinnon, and you're listening to the Notes from Dad to Son podcast, a podcast from a dad who's still trying to figure it all out in time for his son being old enough to start asking questions. This episode was recorded on the 2nd of November and it's going live on the 7th of November. So, did everybody like that little piece of introductory music there? I've stuck that on at the front of this episode. I'll probably be keeping it there for the duration until somebody complains enough to get me to remove it. And I haven't done an outro yet. Uh, but I will be doing that probably after I finish recording this episode which by the way is episode 6 of the Notes from Dad to Son podcast so I've stuck with it longer than I really expected to which is good so this Monday the 28th of October was my 37th birthday and it was just fine absolutely fine you know I didn't ask for anything I wasn't expecting anything and it's been you know a relatively good day I got some incense and a couple of books from my girlfriend Caroline and I have a book token for Waterstones from my mum and my dad and my sister and brother-in-law had brought me back various strange things from Japan whilst they were on holiday in the previous week, including a miniature um, changing cubicle. It's a bit of a strange item, indeed. It's like a replica model of a changing cubicle, complete with the curtains, the mirror, and a little light that goes on with that. And an action figure of Hentai Kamen. You know, a guy wears pants on his face and tights and that's basically all it wears apart from like a little thong they also brought back some interesting flavoured Kit Kats I'm not sure what mine were they were um, like some kind of tea flavoured Kit Kats which were nice and they brought back for my girlfriend Sakura flavoured Kit Kats which were a fair bit sweeter than mine so yeah, all in all, it's been a reasonably good week. On the 29th through till yesterday, we also went down to visit Caroline's family, which entailed a three and a half hour train ride on the way down and basically the same on the way back and getting picked up by her dad at the station and brought to his place where we were staying for the two or three days that we were there. And the thing that really comes apparent at this stage in my boy's life is that he enjoys his own routine that he has here at home with us and staying over at his grandfather's house down south, it was a fair bit different to what he's used to. For a start, their house has stairs in it. My place and Caroline's place is a flat 
so it's all on one level and he's used to just being able to go from room to room and he could only really do that on the ground floor of their house and he was staying in the bedroom with me and Caroline but on a little airflow not airflow an inflatable mattress on the floor just to the right hand side of the bed and he had to be kind of penned in that area whereas when he stays at either my place or Caroline's place he's got you know the ability to, to look around whilst he's in his cot and see what else is going on but down there he was kind of enclosed and he didn't really get to move around very much whilst we were down there because we were going about with him in the buggy or we were in the car and you know the whole time the journey down we were in a train and the same goes for the way back up that said we did go to a soft play place yesterday morning and he spent a good hour in there and was able to move about and blow off some steam so it was a good experience for him in that sense but yeah I think he did like seeing some of Cali's family so it was a positive out of that so that's basically what's been going on this week and today because Caroline was a bit worried about how he would be perceived because when he's knocked out of his routine and still being just 16 months old or 14 months corrected if you consider that he was born premature a change to that extreme is difficult for him to handle and he wasn't getting his morning nap and his afternoon nap when he was when he would normally take it because it's a different environment and all that so many was cranky um, a few times a day and Caroline's worried that he would be perceived as being a bit of a brat but yeah that's just the kind of things that she was worried about whilst down there so that leads me to chat today on this episode which is episode six what does it mean to be good so what is the good who gets to decide what good is and i'm speaking here in a fairly abstract way you know i want to be exploring this idea of what it means to be good and where the perception of being good will vary through time and place and with various different people so growing up the first source of good that I'd heard of that was pointed out to me as the source for good and this will likely be the same for many people is the good comes from God whomever God 
is in you know your religious upbringing. So in the early days, I was somewhat exposed to Christianity, which meant going to Sunday school and hearing Bible stories and then going to church and hearing basically the same kind of stuff and hearing people sing hymns and talk about whatever was going on in and around the community and current affairs in the broader national and international sense and how these things would relate to God and the Old Testament and the New Testament. And one thing that I found from an, an early age, let's say the age of six, was that I didn't like church. I didn't like Sunday school. And I didn't like the notion that good could come from this idea of God that would at the same time demand good from other people and yet at times in the Bible not behave in a manner that was consistent with our understanding and expectations of what good was. So there's God bringer of the good the definitive good you could say the trouble with taking God as your source for good is that first of all you have to be of a disposition to accept that God exists and next that if you accept that God exists then you also need to accept that your interpretation of God's commandments or laws as outlined in whichever religious text has them dictated supposedly by God is correct and is suitable to the times that you live in the thing with the good is, to me, the good should transcend time and space and social structures and norms and expectations. The fact that this is not the case for what is printed in the religious texts of Christianity and Judaism and Islam and other religions it seems to me that you cannot rely on God or the holy scriptures as a model of good because they are products of the times in which they were written So the next level down from God would be government. 
and the problem of government is largely dependent on which type of government is in power. Even in a democratic society where people supposedly have a say in how they are governed, it entirely depends on the outlook of the general populace at the time and their attitudes towards those people that they would have govern over them and then those individuals' ability to govern to the expectations of those that have put them in power in the first place. In other forms of government, like dictatorships, then you really have no say and you're just told what is good. And to transcend that can be seen not just as you know a minor transgression, but as something to be against the concept of the state or the people or the the great leader, whichever other authority or external thing that you have to comply with under those systems of government. Government is only going to be as strong as those who govern and for as long as the people are willing to tolerate that particular form of government. So quite whimsical on either side of the the government. So not entirely reliable in creating a timeless sense of what it means to be good. But through government, there is the creation of laws. And these come through ideas that the population have about what may be determined as acceptable or not acceptable behaviour. And again, these are whimsical ideas that come from a sense of what is right and what is good. But they're not just from those social norms of the people, but they also come through their sense of right and wrong, which may be influenced by whichever particular religion they subscribe to. So the laws are fed through metaphysical and social ideas. And both of these feats, as it were, are subject to change. 
Your measure for what is good cannot be what is legal. Because what is legal in one place is not necessarily legal in another place. And even laws which in the time that they are passed and agreed upon by society as being good laws may inevitably change later on and people's perceptions of those laws will also change. So where it may once have been unacceptable to have a child out of wedlock, how a person would be dealt with entirely depends on which time they did these things. It's also the case that the legality of homosexuality and bisexuality is in a state of flux across the world. There's a website, I can't remember it at the moment, but I will put its link when I find it again in the description of this website. And basically this website keeps tabs on the changing nature of the legality of homosexual relationships across the world. So you can see that this is a good example of how laws and rights and norms are all subject to change. Getting closer to home you have your parents. Your parents are supposed to be your model for what is good and how to behave in order to prepare you for life in whatever society that you are a part of. But their ability to model that level of goodness as described by the society that they are a part of is only as effective as they are themselves able to live that standard. And I have members of my family who have fallen well below that standard in one way or another and consequently their children have suffered. The other thing is parents tend to use the phrase be a good boy or be a good girl or be good when what they mean to say is do what I say and do what I say but with the caveat that you also don't also do what they do such as it is children will learn 
from parents' behaviours and emulate them. So, here we are at this point in time where I've talked a little bit about the abstract and what it means to be good. But I haven't mentioned anything about the individual up till this point. So bearing in mind what I've spoke about already in terms of the source of goodness, it seems to me that if what is good cannot be reliably defined by either God, government, laws, social norms, or even parents, then it is naturally and necessarily up to the individual to decide what is good for themselves. Now for me, being good means to be living your life in such a way that it creates meaning for yourself. Living a meaningful life, living a life that matters, that isn't at the whims or um, necessarily the that necessarily follows the expectations of what other people say you should be doing. In order to live this kind of life, you have to be true to yourself. You have to know what it means to be yourself, to be your true self. And there has been a lot of philosophy and discussion about how to find that true self. There is a popular phrase being used regularly these days, and that is to speak your truth, own your truth, speak your truth. But it seems to me that truth is independent of the self. Our perception of truth, on the other hand, is not. But to be true to oneself, to really know oneself, means to be able to explore all aspects of the self. And in that pursuit of self-knowledge, then a person can discover for themselves what it is they would like or need to change in order to live a life that they find to be good and in staying true to themselves. Now, the pursuit of self-knowledge means that 
you have to become aware of how you behave in different situations. So this means that a person cannot run off and simply sit atop a mountain or in a cave and meditate and find themselves that way. Because they will only have come to experience themselves in isolation from the rest of other people. And you need other people to reflect back at you all those other aspects of yourself that you are not consciously aware of. You'll never know how you'll behave in an extreme situation until you find yourself in one. And only then will your ideas of what is good or bad be tested. You also, when staying true to yourself, need to know how to defend yourself. And by which I don't just mean how to physically protect yourself, but if you're going to be true to yourself and have an idea of what kind of life you want to live and are going to go for it, you need to be aware of what kind of rights you have under whichever laws and legislation is present in the country that you inhabit and whether those are regarded as absolute rights or rights that may have some limitations or may be subject to change depending on the whims and fancy of whomever is in government. So to what extent should you also be concerned about being good in the eyes of others? That entirely depends on where you live and how you choose to live your life and what are the prevailing attitudes towards how you would like to live and what consequences there may be from being bold enough to live your life as authentically as you wish. Is it safe to do so? If it's not safe to do so, how can you live your life as you would in such a way that it neither offends or arouses suspicion in others? At what point do you decide that where you live is no longer a hospitable environment for you to live the way that you want to. And then how do you make yourself able to take the necessary step to go somewhere else where that can be? And then 
how can you get there? How can you get there legally? How can you get there physically? How can you get there mentally? How can you get there emotionally? Any kind of change that you wish to effect, either in the self or in the world around you, is going to come up with some kind of resistance. So how, how can I expect my son to be good? when it is so difficult for me to decide what good is. For other people, I can only decide what is good for myself. I can only decide on the path that I want to live my life. I can only decide how I can live my life. Ultimately, it seems to me that when my son becomes old enough to start having these thoughts for himself, that it will be up to him to decide. And I would rather it be up to him to decide. And then he does whatever he deems necessary to put that into action and to live his life in any manner that he chooses. In the meantime, we have the task of helping him navigate his current life situation and from there through the early years of school, through high school and through to getting his first job and his first house. But I hope at some point along the way, he'll ask me questions. About the, the bigger things that I'm trying to articulate in my mind and hear. So, without further ado, I do even <laughs> I bid you all a good night.